What up? What up? What up? Welcome back, episode four, Bench Warmers podcast with your host John O and my man, official published author, <laughs> my man Lo Lo. Please tell the people before we get into what we have here today, uh, what you published. Give us a little a little bit about uh, your your storyline here, um, how people can can purchase, can read. Um, the floor is yours, my friend. I'm super happy for you, super proud, and I'm excited for you. Man, Jono, thank you so much. I, you know, I didn't know you was going to drop that uh, ticket <laughs> right now. You know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, man, uh, just want to say, you know, I know we haven't been uh, uh, putting out the episodes as consistent as we wanted, but we have other projects that we've been working on. And one of the projects that I've been uh, focusing on is my book. As, as Jono mentioned, I am a published author. The title of the book is I Am Is Greater Than I Was From Identity Loss to Purpose Found. Um, this book is really geared towards, you know, adolescents, teenagers, young adults who struggle finding their identity, their purpose, just like I did. You know, so this book uh, really tells my life story. There's 10 chapters. Each chapter highlights a specific uh, point in my life, the mistakes that I made, the lessons that I learned and how you can learn from my mistakes to and, and help you uh, and help guide you know, a generation to help them find their purpose and identity, man. And so um, it's been a long journey, but I finally feel like I found my purpose, my calling. And so it, your mistakes, you know, don't define you. You know, the regrets that we sometimes have doesn't make you who you are, right? And so uh, one of the catchphrases that I've been using is that who I am today is greater than who I was yesterday, right? But it doesn't, and who I am today will determine who I will be. And so that's kind of the message that I want to um, point out in this book, man, it's, it's a game changer. It's it's something that's close dear to my heart. And so I'm excited about it. You know, uh, I'm officially gonna make an announcement December the 3rd, Thursday, nice. 7 p.m. on my Facebook Live on how you can start create or getting your copy, pre-order copy of my book, I Am Is Greater Than I Was, man. So yeah, I'm super proud of this baby right here. Love and so that. we'll drop the link, we'll drop the link. You know, um, you can visit my website, which is about to drop. LawamiRichardson.com. Boy, you even know I had a website, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's I where love you can pre-order your book. So by the time you hear this, you can go to my website, LawamiRichardson.com, and there you can pre-order the book, man. So that's my little shameless plug. <laughs> We're good, man. Congratulations on that. We'll be sure to drop the uh, the link for your, your Facebook. So our followers and, and subscribers can uh, have access to that as well. Um, I'm excited to get a copy and, and, and read about it. I, I've known you for a long time, so I, I feel like I know a little bit about the book, but just to, to read your insight and, and get everything on there, um, super excited for you, man. I'm really, really happy with everything that, that you, uh, you've got going on. Um, so with that being said, my friend, we are a week removed from the official start of the new NBA season, which will start in just a couple of weeks. We had our NBA draft that you and I covered in, in previous episodes. We had some predictions in the offseason. Um, I wanted to wait till we had a solid week of offseason movement before we got into bench warmers mm. here. That way we can have some stuff to talk about and, and some some opinions that I know we both feel really strong about as well. Um, <laughs> so with that being the case, my man, we got into the NBA draft. We saw Anthony Edwards went number one. What's uh what what's your thoughts? This draft was whack, bro. It was a weak <laughs> draft. After the third pick, nobody, you know, maybe the fourth pick, nobody really knew any of these players, right? Uh, there were some cats. I'm like, dang, he's in the second round. I thought he was a baller in college. And so, true, um, true. so, but yeah, you know, we was kind of anticipating and expecting a lot of major trades, waiting for the Woj bomb. Nothing came out of it. <laughs> um, and so kind of, you know, the draft kind of went as predicted, except for the fourth pick when my bulls, you know, we'll talk about that here in a bit. I'm like, who is this? Guy? He's a sixth man on the Florida state team. Like, you know, I hit you up as soon as it happened. I'm like, yo, who is this kid, yo? And so, you know, it was eh, it was kind of lackluster. The NBA draft wasn't as exciting, um, but the off season was for sure. But uh, we'll talk about that here in yeah. a different segment. But my thoughts on the NBA draft, it was kind of like, yeah, nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All, all the draft picks were kind of predictable. I think outside the the top three, and and we've we've spoken about this uh, in in prior episodes, but Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, um, Lamelo Ball. After those guys, you know, it was kind of just like you know where 
where everybody else falls really doesn't matter unless your team gets a, a good pick. Um, right. And and for me as a Nick fan, um, I, I I really thought when Obi was on the board at number four, I I, I was. We were taxing. I was like, man, you guys are about to get Obi. Super sad about that. I, I really like his game. And then he falls to the Knicks. Um, you know, so a little bit of, of unpredictability like most drafts are. And, and like you mentioned, not a lot of trades that we are we normally see and get excited about. Um, so I would agree with you. And, and I said this before in, in previous episodes, man, the draft was weak. We knew it was going to be weak. Whenever you have an ACC player of the year go in the second round, and my guy, Trey Jones, you know the draft is is not as strong as uh, as previous years, and you know we mm-hmm. we will see what twenty twenty one looks like uh, in regards of the draft. I think it's going to be a lot stronger than um, than twenty twenty, um, but you know just just outside of those three guys going in the order that you know we spoke about that you know we thought they were going to go in. Definitely a weak draft. wasn't wasn't too exciting. Normally, I'm I'm up all night wanting to to watch everything, even you know through the second round. But <laughs> I, I fell asleep, man. John went night night. John went night night. He texts us in the morning, like, "Yo, what did I miss?" I'm like, I "For real, you were man." Watching this, man. <laughs> I fell asleep halfway through the the first round after I saw the Knicks, uh, you know, pick pick the point guard I continue. Kentucky Emmanuel Quigley. I was just like, you know, there's no no reason to watch the rest of this. It's it's not as exciting. So, um, you know, as as a Knicks fan, as a Bulls fan, you know, we obviously have our opinion and and what we think, uh, you know, what we think our team should do. So I've got to hear your take on this. Six man Patrick Williams, number fourth pick, Florida State. Sound off. I'm ready. Man, listen, bro. At we talked about Obi Toppin last time when we, you know, when we uh, did our recordings. We was like, "Oh, who's this Obi Toppin kid?" You know, from Dayton. I mean, the highlight reels is just one-handed tomahawk. You know, saying very ferocious. You know, very strong dunking. But I didn't really see a lot of his game. You know, what I'm saying they said he has a good mid-range, he can stretch the floor, etc. So for me, I thought we was just gonna pick the best player available, right? But we have a influx of bigs, man. You know, what I'm saying from Wendell Carter Jr. to, you know, Laurie Marketing. Hopefully he can, you know, you know, up his game this year, you know, especially with our with the coach that we just signed um, from uh, OKC, uh, Billy Donovan. Um, you know, we still have uh, Garrett, uh, 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 Garrard, the backup center. So we have the influx, you know, t- uh, uh, Young, uh, Terry, uh, uh, Young, the stretch four. So we have an influx of four. So I was like, yo, if we pick this guy, where is he going to fit in unless we're making a trade? And when we picked up Patrick Williams, I like I immediately hit up the group chat. I'm like, who is this guy, bro? Like, you know, but more more reports that I kept reading, they said he was actually one of the best players on that Florida State team. They was just so stacked that they had him coming off the bench. But if it wasn't the case, he would have been a top three pick easy. You know what I'm saying? If he would have got shined. So it, he is a small forward. You know, I, I know that um, uh, Porter Jr. signed a one year deal. And he'll be gone next year. You know, I don't, I don't see the Bulls, you know, paying him another $25 million. So maybe he'll be the, you know, the the small forward moving forward. And then when I saw the Knicks pick up Obi, I started laughing. You know, I started climbing. I was like, man, y'all got Ty Gibson. You got all of these bigs. You don't know what to do with your draft picks. And then, boom, they cleaned out house. So they're really making him the, you know, the starting four and and, and make kind of making him uh, be a major building block. So, I mean, uh, the Bulls, we have a lot of talent. We're just going to have to see, you know, how it meshes. I wasn't super excited about this Patrick Williams pick, but they said, you know, he's 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 a great defender and very athletic and a very underrated prospect. I, I guess he went went to the went to the workouts. He just blew everybody away and they said, this is our guy. And so it was a surprise move. But we have new management, new coaching, so they probably see something that we haven't seen. Um, but I just want to make the playoffs this year, man. That's really my goal. So that's you know what I'm saying. That's that's really how I feel about that, man. What are your thoughts about your the next draft prospect? I'm I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited for New York basketball. I think the the whole culture movement um with adding worldwide west to to the squad and and Tibbs. Um I'm excited. I you know, we said this before. I, I was big on Obi. 
He averaged almost 25 points a game. He rocked up every single player of the year award that you can think of. Um, the Knicks got the A-10 player of the year, the SEC player of the year. Um, and they and they got an undrafted Miles My, Powell who should have been drafted in the first round. I mean, he, he mm. was a dominant, dominant Big East guard for Seton Hall, carried that team throughout his entire career, and didn't even get drafted. So for him to come on board to New York, and, and I know he's he's a Jersey native too. I, look, I, I'm excited what the Knicks are doing. I think, you know, we still have a lot of development to do. Obviously, when you bring in young guys, you've got to develop them, which, which is a big question for Tibbs. Um, he hasn't notoriously been good at developing talent. Think, and, and that's I'm glad you brought that up because I was yeah. going to wait and say you're talking about all of this potential and young draft picks. Tibbs does not play young guys. He leans on his veterans heavily. Leans yeah. on his veterans. Well, he's that's he's why I was surprised that the Knicks got rid of all of the veteran guys, right, to clear up space and, and, right. and stuff. So right. Well, he's yeah, not going to have a choice. You know, he, he's got to play young guys now. You know what I mean? And yeah. and Obi and look, Obi's one of those guys that he's he was probably one of the most NBA ready players coming into the draft, to be honest. I mean, his his rise from freshman to, you know, junior to to the player he is now. I mean, God, he, he reminds me of a, of a more polished Amari Stoudemire pick and roll, pick and pop. You know, his jump shot has developed great. He shot over 35% from the three, shot over 60% from two. I mean, he he carried Dayton. They, they, I think they had like a 20-28-2 season. Probably would have got a number one seed in the NCAA tournament if it played out through. Um, you know, obviously, unfortunately, due to COVID, it, it didn't play out. But I'm, I'm just excited to see what, what the young core of, of the Knicks could do. I mean, you've got R.J. Barrett, you've got Obi Toppin, you've got Mitchell Robinson. Now you have to get some pieces, veteran presence, um, you know, to to help the the team grow and and in my opinion, get a little bit more shooters. I mean, we resound Alfred Payton, which I I like his game. The guy can be a triple double machine if if he if he plays you know to that level. A, bro- a broke um, man Rondo for sure. A broke man Rondo for sure. But you you definitely need some guys to stretch the floor to allow guys like Payton to get into the into the paint and, and R.J. Barrett to you know uh, attack the lane as well. Um, so that that's my that's my thoughts on you know on, on the Knicks. I was very surprised, um, you know, with the Bulls. I I, I watch ACC basketball a lot because I'm a big Duke fan, and I, I seen Patrick Patrick Williams play a little bit, um, but I didn't think he'd be the number four overall pick with with the amount of so, guys. So what that, do you think they they saw in him? Because like I said, he's not even a starter on his own team. Well, he's, he's not he's like young. Florida State won a national championship. Is that is that what it was? He's young. Yeah, like, like, I mean, I just know. Everything that I read, this guy blew everybody away with his work. Yeah, I think, you know, with, with the Bulls at number four, you already have a proven scorer, Zach Levine. You have Laurie Markinen, who probably is the number two guy on the team. You've got Kobe White, mm-hmm. who's the guard. I think at that point, now you just start filling out the roster at what complements those guys, right? We talked right. about Wendell Moore. We talked about the centers that they have. I think what you get out of a guy like Patrick Williams is you get a guy who's who's going to run rim to rim. He's going to offensive rebound. He's going to play defense. He, he's going to protect the rim as well. And and you don't need him to score, and he knows that. He knows mm-hmm. that he's gonna come in. He's gonna come into the game, do what he has to do to stay on the floor, do do what he has to do what he has to does to to be productive, um, and still allow guys like Zach Levine to go off and and Laurie to get his touches, and you know, kind of just play garbage basketball in a sense where if a ball's on the be, ground, be a glue guy. It. Yeah, that's it. Be a glue yeah. guy, and yeah. he played that role at Florida State very well coming off the bench, and you know, I, I don't see why he can't do the same thing. Um, you know, in, in Chicago at number four, you know, I question that. I think they probably could have got him anywhere between the 15 to 20 mark. Um, but obviously they, they saw something a little bit better than, than you and I together. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see there, but you know, in, in regards to the first three draft picks, you know, we talk about Anthony Edwards going to, uh, Minnesota, James Wiseman going to Golden State and, and LaMelo going to Charlotte. Um, what what are your thoughts on on their fit for the respective teams that that they got drafted for? I think everybody went where they needed to go as as far as fits go. You know, Anthony sure. Edwards definitely a two guard that will play well. You know, he's he he reminds me of a, a 
Dwayne Wade type, you know what I'm saying? Very athletic, big guy who can drive to the basket, you know what I'm saying? Score multiple uh, ways, create his own jump shot, et cetera. You know, D'Lo. <clears throat> so him and D'Lo in the backcourt, you know, Towns as a center. So that he, he was a good fit. Wiseman, I'm glad he got picked up by Golden State. They needed a center, you know, somebody who can kind of stretch the floor as well, develop. Uh, you know, we'll talk about, the, you know, the injury of Clay Thompson. But uh, he's definitely a big piece because uh, there th- was missing a center. And LaMelo Ball, you know, that's going to be that's going to be interesting um, season, especially with the pops, you know, saying everything he said about Michael Jordan. But um, I, what they're doing in Charlotte, you know, I wouldn't say they're a playoff contending team, but at least they have the pieces right now. LaMelo Ball, uh, he's a very I'm not a ball uh, fan necessarily, ball family enthusiast. But, you know, game respects game. And so he is an elite passer. He definitely can uh, get people involved. Um, and, you know, with the signing of uh, uh, Gordon Haywood, I think those are, you know, pretty good pieces where the brother averaged 18 points, you know, as a fourth option. You know what I mean? Now he kind of becomes a primary option. He'll average 24, 25 points easy. You know what I'm saying? Kind of give you four or five, you know, each night. So LaMelo is a good fit. I, I think, you know, the, you you have somebody who people are going to be attracted to go and watch the games. Like, I know I'll tune into some Charlotte Hornets, you know, or Charlotte, it, are they the Bobcats or Hornets? <laughs> you know, some Hornets. Charlotte Hornets games. Yeah, yeah, Hornets. Um, some Charlotte Hornets games and, and check out to see if LaMelo, you know, is, is the real deal. So the first three, I think they were all good fits for their respective teams. And if they don't end up keeping them good training chips, you know, to try to get some you know, star-studded veteran guys, but um, I thought they were all good. Um, yeah. You know, good fits for their for their teams for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and I would agree with all the points you made. Um, the the one thing I I did kind of, you know, have a thought of was when when Clay Thompson went down. You know, I thought you know does does Golden State go Lamelo here at number two just because. Well, you know, they're, they're a shooting team, you know, they're a jump shooting team and, and that's how they, they've made their, you know, made their money. The last well, five well, the, didn't the clay, didn't the clay, no, clay's injury came afterwards, didn't it? No, it, it came right draft? before it came right before. Cause I remember oh. texting the, the group chat and, and talking about, okay. um, you okay. know, what, what they go here, but, um, you know, I, didn't I, see, I, I know people dreamed about that. You talked about that. I didn't see the LaMelo Curry thing. Okay. You slide over Curry to the two. All right. But he's still an under. You know, he's undersized as a two. If you're gonna put him off the off ball, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see that working out as many people thought it would. Uh, but we'll talk about that here in a bit. But yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know people talked about that. I wasn't excited about this idea of Lamelo going to Golden State. I've got to say, I'm I'm excited for Wiseman to be in Golden State. I, I think that he is a piece that they they need. Um, we look at, you know, some of the, and I'm not comparing him to KD by any means, but he, he has a lot of similar game to KD. I mean, seven feet, mm-hmm. he can shoot the ball 15, 15 feet plus. Um, he can run the rim, he can handle the ball. So, you know, he's good in pick and roll, pick and pop situations. So I, I think he's going to fit that offense. Great. Um, you know, Edwards, like, like much like you said, he's, he's going to fit exactly what, uh, the the T Wolves need you know they they need a two a two guy who can who can score he'll be the third option right now and to be a rookie as the third option as a number one overall pick with another another number one overall pick and a number two overall pick on the team right there's really there's really no pressure come into a situation mm-hmm. where you score when when needed um, and you knock down shots when you're open and you know that that's how you're going to make your money um, I think that core. And if they, you know, if they get everything figured out, I think that core in the years to come should be a core, you know, in, in the West that, that you want to watch out for. Um, obviously, they, they've got to fill out the roster accordingly, too. But, you know, to, to have your starting lineup with D'Lo and Edwards and Cat playing the five who can do everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you're setting mm-hmm. up yourself for, for success. And, you know, to your point about LaMelo, if I'm Gordon Hayward, I'm excited. You know, I, I played the last couple of years in, in Boston under a lot of pressure, trying to get back from injuries. There's no pressure whatsoever to win in Charlotte. You just have to go out there and play. You got a guy who's going to give you the ball where you want the ball, how, however many times you want the ball, because that's mm-hmm. the kind of mm-hmm. game that he plays. So mm-hmm. to your point, I definitely see him averaging more than 20 points a game again. And, and potentially getting back to the all-star level, I, I think I think, oh, sure. Hay- I think he played under a lot of scrutiny um, 
in Boston. One, because Brad Stevens was his former coach, so people expected a lot from him. Uh, Boston drafted a couple guys by the name of Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, you know, to kind of <laughs> build build the team. Uh, and, you know, it didn't it didn't help Gordon Hayward that those guys blossomed into the studs that they are. And then they signed yeah, Kemba. Yeah, that that was that was an issue with Gordon Hayward because he was going to be the key piece, you know, for that Boston team. Tatum, he should have been. We knew, yeah. yeah, Tatum. Tatum. We knew he was going to be a stud. We didn't know he's going to be a superstar. Right? Yeah, and and that, and, then, and that fast. And then yeah, and then Brown. He just he came out of nowhere as well. So I was like, okay, right. we have two wing guys. Do we need a Gordon? Are you going to pay this guy this much money to come off the bench? And again, the chemistry issues because of you know him being injured and in and out of the lineup. Um, yeah, I, I think I, it was kind of crazy that he opted out of thirty million dollars <laughs> in Boston. Yeah. But he must yeah. say, he must have knew he was going to sign with, with with the Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, the pressure's off. I think he'll uh, definitely be uh, All Star consideration. I think he'll probably yeah. be snubbed just because of the record. But he definitely put up. I, I, I would say twenty four, twenty five points. You know, five rebounds, four assists, something like that. You know what I mean? Right. And, and shoot, right. you know, a little over fifty percent. Right. What what I will say about Lamelo being drafted to Charlotte is um, Devontae Graham had a phenomenal year. He he should he was in the running for most improved. Um, you know, probably should have won it. You know, but that's another conversation. And then Terry Rozier gets signed two years before to kind of be the the face of the franchise in a sense. So if if I'm Devontae Graham, I'm I'm kind of scratching my head and trying to figure out. You know where where am I be, where am I being played in the sense where Lamelo's coming in? You know he's going to attract the crowd. You know he's going to be a fan favorite. So you know he's going to play. So does my minutes get decreased now that Gordon Hayward's coming in too? You know, am I now the third option? Am I maybe the fourth option? Or am I a six man? No, I think I think you could slide Graham over to this two spot. You put Gordon at his natural position at the three. You know what I'm saying? And Graham is going to be probably the second option um again he came out of nowhere and he started doing his thing but that's one you're on a horrible team two there's no offensive scoring you know so so you get somebody to do 20 it. shots yeah so yeah. i think now it might take a small adjustment just because he won't have the ball in his hand as much um but the brother the brother can score bro so yeah. i don't think he's gonna have issues uh scoring back uh buckets so yeah they, they may make some you know i don't want to say no noise but they'll definitely um, in the bottom tier of the East, definitely compete, you know, over there for the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth spot. You know, they almost did last year, and they the team wasn't as good as I think True. they are now. So True. we'll see, man. We'll see. True. Um, but with the NBA draft, we know that it was an NBA offseason, you know, and uh, that's when everything came to flourishing, man. We started seeing that's the when signings. The fun begins. Man, we started to see the signings. People went to places I didn't think they was going to. I mean, ah. It was a good off season, you know what I'm saying? And we about to start the season here in the next few weeks, baby. Let's yeah. go. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm, so, I'm, excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it, man. You know, we I did not expect the off season to flourish as well as it has and, and a lot of player movement. Obviously, we know it's a business. People are gonna go where uh you know where the money is and, and things like that. Um but I did not see a lot of player movement as as we talked about in previous episodes, you know, I, I just didn't see it. You know, I figure a lot of teams were maybe pretty set in, in the ways that they were building their, their team. Um, but some of the moves that were made and, and we'll get into it here. I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to eat my popcorn and, and I'm going to watch. <laughs> right. I'm going to watch. I'm, I'm excited. And, and I know, um, I know we spoke uh, about the Lakers repeating, uh, and, and I, I believe it was our first episode. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts right now with what, what the Lakers did? Oh, well, the Lakers repeat, uh, man, listen, uh, what are my thoughts? Listen, I'm a Michael Jordan enthusiast. You already know. He's a <laughs> and there's no doubt in my mind that LeBron James orchestrated these signings and he got people to buy in to try to repeat because one of the things that we've always talked about LeBron, you know, can he reap, you know, can he win three in a row? Can he do, you know what I'm saying, win six like MJ? Uh, there's a strong possibility that your boy might repeat this year. But on the flip side, there's a lot of new pieces. 
You know what I'm saying? You had a lot of role players who bought into their roles last season, veteran guys. Rondo knew what he needed to do, get guys in position, play hard-nosed defense. You know, you had Dwight Howard coming off the bench, giving guys energy, you know what I'm saying, giving the team energy, rebounding, you know what I'm saying, running down, the, you know, running down up and down the floor. Um, now you got guys who are accustomed to having the ball and getting buckets. So you got LeBron James who got to orchestrate an offense where now you have Dennis Schroeder, you know what I'm saying? You got Hazel coming off the bench, or if he's going to start, who knows, right? Um, AD, that's a lot of – you got a lot of firepower, but how is that chemistry going to work? Because Rondo already knew, hey, I'm a, I'm a I'm a scrappy guy. I know what I need to do to get done, you know, what needs to be done in order for us to win the game. You're now putting guys in positions who aren't proven winners, who are talented. Um, so how how is that thing going to mesh together? Who knows? It may look like Miami – you know, when they first got together the first year, you know, and, and slow start. But th- there's a lot of talent on that team, man. But uh, I I didn't see any other team outside of the Lakers make some moves where you're just like, dang, you got these guys. And and for the price that they got them, it was yeah. kind of crazy. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, Laker Nation, I think y'all, ex- you know, y'all should be excited. You know, this takes a little bit of uh, – uh, pressure off of LeBron in the sense of he, 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 you know, he doesn't have to play 35, 38 minutes a game. He could probably play 30 minutes a game. Let that, you know, you know, the, the, the guys that they just signed, you know, put in work. So yeah, Lakers, Lakers definitely won the off season this year, man. That's my thoughts that definitely won the off season and are, have a very good chance at repeating this year. Cause I don't see anybody else who made major moves to really compete. With i tell you, yeah, and, and I would agree. I, and I'll do this much. I mean, on the bench currently right now in the Lakers roster, you have the reigning sixth man of the year, Montrezl Harrell, and you have the reigning second place finish sixth man of the year, and Dennis Schroeder. Now, that bench last year of the Lakers struggled. Struggled. They mm-hmm. had nobody to come in to, to get a bucket, right? You know, Kuzma came in, provided whatever spark he did, but – you know, he, he wasn't averaging, you know, 20 points a game like Harrow and, and Schroeder last year. The Lakers, let me rephrase this, LeBron, in my opinion, <laughs> right <angry>. now, <laughs> right now, in my opinion, LeBron has the most talented team he's ever played on. That includes Anthony most Davis. talented. Oh, yeah. That includes Anthony Davis. That includes Dennis Schroeder. That includes um, Montrezl Harrell, right? And and we can't forget Wes, Wesley Matthews, 3 and D. Dang, I forgot about you know what I'm Wesley. He's, he's a big so upgrade nice. from – And uh, they re-signed KCP, KCP. They signed – yep, uh, re-signed him. You know, LeBron played point guard last year. So do you need Rondo? Yeah, of course. You need a guy like Rondo. But – you got LeBron, and you got the people that he brought in. Don't forget Marcus All, NBA champion Marcus All, oh, defensive player sick. of the year. LeBron, David names that I totally forgot that they resigned Marcus. LeBron oh, is easily God. has right now the most talented team that he's ever played with, and the Lakers will definitely be the number one mm. seed in the West. I don't see anybody competing with them on the East. If you want my honest opinion, I really don't. <laughs> no, not, not at all. So so check this out. But again, people really underestimate chemistry. You got a bunch of talent. I Marcus All will buy in, right? Is but is the Dennis Schroeders of the world gonna buy in? Is is Montreal has you know Hassel? Is he gonna buy in? These are guys who are still trying to find their uh kind of find their niche in the NBA in regards to yeah, I'm a six man of the year, you know award winner you know i i need to put buckets i need to get my time in right so are they going to be able to to play off lebron knowing that everything's going to go through lebron through ad and you may not be even the fifth sixth option bro so who's the third option on the on on, on the lakers right now yeah i mean they're gonna you know? have to find so, that out and, and I, I agree with you i, I agree with you I, I really do um however at some point right as an athlete and you and i know this you, you've got to buy in if you want to win you know, if, if you're Montrez Harrow, if you're Wes Matthews, you know, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Gasol, these guys are veterans. 
they know mm-hmm. that right now is their best opportunity if they haven't won a championship is to win a championship. They're playing with LeBron, they're playing with AD, possibly, you know, two of the mo- two of the best, you know, five players in the NBA right now. You you have to buy in. There's no option. Mm-hmm. You know, if LeBron says go run to the three-point line, run to the three-point line. If AD <laughs> says get out the paint, get out the paint. You know right. what I mean? These these guys are coming into a situation where they're fresh off a championship. They're on a team that everybody's going to be gunning for them, especially now because they just boosted the roster the way they did. But on top of that, you have to do everything possible to make sure you put this team in a situation to win another championship. That's the reason why you were signed in the first place. So so here, here, this is, of course, we all know AD is going to resign, but he hasn't resigned yet. <laughs> so I'm just he throwing that out yeah, in the atmosphere. Yeah. Throwing that out in the atmosphere. I hope AD says, I'm signing with somewhere else and I'm not doing it. No, man, he's going to sign. Come home. Come to Chicago. Come to Chicago. (laughs) Welcome home. Welcome home. Sign a one-year deal and then go to Chicago. Yeah, man. Hey, it is wishful thinking. What am I supposed to do? I'm a Bulls fan. We haven't won anything since MJ retired. And as a Knicks fan, you haven't won anything in God knows uh, how long. You wasn't even born the last time the Knicks Uh, won anything. But I regret something. (laughs) <laughs> I regress, but the truth of the matter is, Lakers did a phenomenal job. LeBron did a phenomenal job in recruiting a lot of talent. Now, how's that talent going to come together? Because if anything, we saw how the Lake, uh, how the Clippers last year had a bunch of talent, but they did not mesh in. Now they may not have, you know, they don't have a veteran presence or a veteran guy like LeBron, who, you know, has the accolades, the MVPs, you know, a proven champion. Um, I think we. Depending too much on 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 Kawhi Leonard to provide that leadership, he just hey, I'm just gonna I'll go out there and work. You know, he's not a talkative guy. He's not, you know, that type of leader. So, I'll be curious: can the can can anybody compete in the West with them? Um, my philosophy is less is more. Can we maximize the talent that we have? Right. Um, so the Clippers, the offseason, they still haven't addressed the point guard issue. I really thought they was gonna sign Rondo. They did not. I don't know what Atlanta is doing. Uh, Atlanta got a good starting five, but man, you got Chris Dunn. Then you got Rondo. Now you got Trey Young. It's like you got a bunch of point guards. Unless you're gonna run the three guard sets, you know, defensive minded <laughs> guys. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, yeah. After after this all season, bro, I see Lakers definitely repeating just based on that talent alone. Yeah, I agree. LeBron knows how to maximize his his guys into buying in. So that's, you know, that's that's the biggest issue. So, you know, based on the free agent signings, what do you think was the best and worst offseason for the both West and the East teams, Jono? Yeah, well, I mean, it's got to be the Lakers, right? You know, Lakers added four starting caliber players to their team that are going to be on the bench. Um, You know, I I think – I think Marcus saw was like the icing on the cake, uh, you know, guy, you know, a leader, veteran, proven champion, um, you know, originally drafted by the Lakers now going back to, to LA um, in that trade with his brother. But, you know, I, Lakers easy had, had the best, um, best off season uh, for, for the West coast. And, and I would, I would even put a close second to Phoenix. I mean, we haven't even talked about Chris Paul and, and we're going to get into that right now. And, you know, Phoenix making a trade for Chris Paul, signing Jake Crowder, who probably is one of my, one of my favorite players right now, just the way he plays, um, matching that up with Devin Booker. I mean, you, you've got, you've got CP three, you've got Booker, you've got Crowder. And you got DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that that should be a playoff team in the West. That's definitely a six seed that will get knocked out maybe in the second round. Maybe, but hey, you know, for for Booker. <laughs> but I'm just like, so so these teams that you're looking, you're talking about. Yes, great off seasons for sure. Lakers won hands down, right? Um, but okay, yes, Suns got CP3. He's probably going to be good for another two years, right? He's a 35 year old point guard. And so I know that he's he's tr- he's still trying to let people know, like, yo, I'm still the baddest point guard in the league. You know what I'm saying? I took an OKC team that had no business making the playoffs, and we scrapped, and you know what I'm saying, in that first round of the playoffs down there in the bubble. Definitely a good pickup. I, I would have to say, man, if Bucks would have won the offseason if that yeah. uh, Bogdan deal went through. Cause, I agree. But that true holiday pickup, man, I think it's 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 it was a phenomenal pickup. They have a guard. 
who can score, who can defend, who's very underrated, who can create his own jump shot. So I think they're going to be coming out the East. Um, I was really, really, really <laughs> if Clay Thompson did not get injured, I really believe Golden State would have competed with the Lakers this year. That's just me. Just with that talent, I think they would have made an offseason trade, and they still got some talent, bro. So I have to put Golden State out there, too. They got Kelly Obrey. You know what I'm saying? They got, you know, they drafted well with Wiseman. Um, you know, they still got Wiggins, Draymond, Steph Curry. You know what I'm saying? So they still have a little bit of talent moving forward that when Clay talks, you know, comes back, we'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, man, they got a starting five where you have Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Kelly Oubre, Draymond Green, and Wiseman. And you can interchange Kubri, you know, Oubre with, uh, with, with Wiggins, and you got yeah. a solid team, you know yeah. what I'm saying, that, that, that can put in work. So I would, I, you know, definitely the Lakers won the offseason in the West, if we're going to break it down by conferences. And then the Bucks, I believe, won it in the East just because they got Drew Holiday. And in the second, I, I would have to say the, the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks definitely, you know, made some good pickups, you know, uh, this offseason. Picking up Ron Rich, I, I definitely think they'll be in the top, you know, in the bottom tier of, of making the playoffs this coming year. So that's what I'm, you know, that's my thoughts on on the best and worst offseason you know, I've, uh, moves. I've, I've got to add to uh, to the East, right? Um, I, I I do like Drew Holiday for the Bucks, um, but we we've got to talk about Philly, and, and we got to talk about Philly for a couple reasons. One, they got rid of Al Horford's <laughs> terrible contract, and they turned it into Danny Green, um, and and another player I forgot who it was. <laughs> Seth, Curry, they, they got they, Seth Curry. They uh they they definitely got shooters. In, they got shooters now. They got Doc Rivers, who I, I'm a big fan of, and they got Daryl Morey, the OGM of, uh, of of the Rockets. Um, you know, I, I think they're they're surrounding Embiid and Simmons with players who can stretch the floor now. I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year. I think Al Horford just wasn't wasn't the best fit for Philly. I mean, he got a boatload of money. But now you got Tobias Harris, a guy who can score mid-range three-point line. You got Danny Green who can who can stretch the floor and, and still defend at a high level. Um, and then you got Embiid, who I, I think Rivers is going to make him a, a more dominant post player um, and, mm-hmm. instead of stepping out to the perimeter like he's been doing in the last couple of years. I, I I don't think that's his strong suit. Um, but you know, I I think Philly had a had a good uh, a good season or off season too, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go opposite go with you. Uh, I have to go opposite with you on Atlanta. I I'm just I'm not a big fan of what they did. They brought in you Gallo. Be- they they brought in Bogdan. They brought in Rondo for what? The team is surrounded around Trey Young. To me, they're not building around Trey. To me, they're just adding a bunch of good good veterans. Uh, and and stretching the floor, there. In my opinion, it's it's not going to allow the young guys that they drafted to develop. A guy like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Um, I forget the the shooting uh, shooting guard they got from Maryland a couple years ago. But um, what you know, you bring these. First off, you bring in Gallo and you bring in Bogdan, two guys who play the same position on pretty fat contracts. You bring in Chris Dunn, who's a solid defensive point guard. Where Which I don't understand minutes? why the Bulls did not re-sign him, and we ended up getting Temple. Maybe he was asking for too much money. I don't know. But the brother is a very underrated defender in the league, you know. So I had to vent my frustrations. But but Jono, I'm not understanding your argument. Here here's here's why I say this. You got uh, looking at the roster right now. You got Trey Young as starting your point guard. You got Bogdan as your starting two. Then you got Gallinari as your three. Then you have John Collins and Clint Compella as your four and five, two six foot ten guys, bro. Then off the bench, you can have Rondo come off the bench. You have Chris Dunn. You can you know say kind of do a, a, a defensive tandem in the front line. Then you still got DeAndre Hunter. You know what I'm saying? Cam Reddish can score. You know they got Tony Snell. He, he's he's a you know a decent Watch. three. He's wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, like I said, decent. I mean, it's not like he's gonna do any damage. But Cam Reddish can always come off the bench as a six man, you know, saying seventh man and and score buckets. He didn't really prove he can do a whole lot last year. But that starting five G, 
Clint Capella I, and, and 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 John Collins, bro. With, with I don't, yeah, I don't that, disagree. That's a solid five, man. I don't disagree there. My my rebuttal on on what you're saying is how they they build it a team or they're they're building a team with what direction? Like what what direction do you have in mind of bringing in both Gallo and Bogdan? Two the two players who are very similar. Shooters. I, I don't they're shooters and they're scorers. So so what I think the, the what what they did at least with the point guards Trey Young is not a good defender, right? So you need somebody who can play offside, you know, off you know, off ball who oh, can yeah. defend yeah, like the guy who Trey Young will be called to to defend. Bro, you can go small. Um you can play small ball with that lineup that you got a bunch of shooters. Gallinari, you know, Garanali, um Gallinari as well as Bogdan are both shooters. So you got Trey Young on top of the key, you know what I'm saying? He drives kicks and and, and the brother still averaged 9 10 assists last season, bro. So it's not like he's only True. a shooter. So that talent on the offensive end, it takes a lot of pressure off for Trey Young from trying to score 30 points a night in order for the Hawks to compete. But even even then, I mean, you know, you're you're right. They they have guys who can score the ball, they have guys that can space the floor, but Gallo's not a good defender. Bogdan is probably an average defender. Trey Young is not a good defender. So now are you relying strictly on Rondo and Chris Dunn to defend for the entire team? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, right. I get it. You got guys who can stretch the floor. You got guys who can put up points, but you're not always going to win the game by putting up the, you know, putting up, you know, 120 but, points. But, but John, this is the NBA we're in, bro. They're trying to score 130 points a night. Ain't nobody trying to really bog. The only teams that really focus on defense are the ones who don't have offensive talent. True. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we have to be a good, strong defensive team because we have no offense to compensate. But if I have offensive talent, yeah, I'm trying to outscore you every single night. That's just the way the NBA is designed now. Now you want to get key guys that can make stops in critical moments. So you got a Rondo who can really um, – that, that's going to be quite interesting seeing him and Trey Young you know, work together, especially with the beef that they had, you know, the little hiccups they had over the last year. But he's a veteran point guard, and a playoff Rondo is real. Chris Dunn yeah. may not get a lot of minutes, but let's say Rondo gets hurt, he can compensate – and put you know the man averaged close to two steals a game last year, so he's a good yeah, perimeter defender. Yeah. So you can you can play that lineup, man. Trey Young, Chris Dunn on the top of the key, you know, however you want to do it. There's a lot of pieces that you can play with. That's why I say I think Atlanta, you know, gets my second bet, you know, um, uh, in regards to the best offseason in the East. The Bucks just with Drew Holiday was was a phenomenal pickup. But at the end yeah, of the day, bro, like Lakers won. Lakers won the uh, offseason. So we had yeah. to talk about it, man. One of the biggest Oof. news of this offseason was Clay's injury. So question. God, that hurt me. I, I feel like as a Bulls fan, this felt like Derrick Rose. Like, okay, Ugh. my man tore his ACL. He's got to come back. Bus his meniscus. Another yeah, ACL man. tear. And so the thing is the difference between what I see with Clay Thompson and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose relied a lot on his athleticism. He wasn't a natural shooter. Clay Thompson, all he needs, I mean, the brother scored 60 points on 18 dribbles, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, insane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it does hinder the, the plans moving forward. Um, and Clay wasn't really necessarily dependent a lot on his athleticism, but an Achilles tear, man, that's that's huge. And I, yeah. you know, a lot of players don't ever come back at full strength. And what he will be thirty three years old when he comes back to ready to play, uh, you know, yeah, almost I, I, two years off. Yeah, I think so. he'll be definitely in his thirties, man. First off, prayers out to him, man. This, this, yeah, for this, sure. Honestly, man, this this broke my heart. I'm I'm a big Clay Thompson fan. I love the way he plays the game. Um, you know, just devastating news. You know, after he was coming back from his ACL, and and reports were saying that. You know, he, he looked great, you know, in, in workouts, shooting the ball. It looked like he put on a little bit of muscle, too. And then for this to happen, you know, it's 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 unfortunate. It's it's a part of the game. Um, you know, one thing I was talking to one of my boys about was just like the wear and tear of, you know, the, the long season that it puts on your body. I mean, Golden State went to five straight finals. You know, that that's over 100 games in every single season, over 500 games that you're playing for, you know, 10 plus months at a time. You know, your, right. your body, your body tends to wear down. And, you know, uh, 
to to the question, you know, it, it definitely it definitely puts a a bit of a damper on on the way Golden State was hoping that this season was gonna um, transpire. You know, they expected to have Clay back at, at full strength, and you know, the Splash Brothers back. Um, so definitely a little bit, you know, not what they were hoping for. Um, you know, but I I think he. I, I pray, I pray that he comes back at full strength. And, um, you know, like you said, he, he doesn't need his athleticism to be a good player. I'm, I'm just curious how he's going to come back shooting the ball, especially, you know, you need your Achilles to shoot, you know. Man, you know, listen, shoot or shoot, maybe you shoot or shoot, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, you don't have to be super athletic. If you can get the ball up, if you can find your spacing, you let that thing launch, you're going to hit your shots. That's even, even my old self that I can't move around like I used to, you know what I'm saying? Like when that thing keeps going – Jumper never yeah. needs you. But at the end of the day, yeah, Clay Thompson, I mean, that's two years removed. How is, this, yeah. how is he going to and, – and, and a lot of these injuries has nothing to do with the body. It has to do a lot with the mental, bro. Like, am I going to push off? Am I, am I, is something else going to pop? You know, whatever. So uh, I definitely believe in my heart of hearts, Golden State may win one more with this core. But this definitely, you know, like I said, it, it was a blessing in disguise. If you want to look at the, you know, look at it from a positive sense, you got Kelly Oubre and he wants to stay there. That brother can get you 18, 19, 20 points a game. Wiggins is a solid three. Draymond, so so you have enough, you have enough pieces that will compete at least for the, you know, fifth, you know, sixth seed in the West. And then if they can, you know, win a round, you know, maybe losing the second, Clay comes in, bro, that may be the piece that, that puts him over the top. And then they can still flesh out that roster uh, because I just got breaking news, bro, as we're talking, that uh, LeBron James and the Lakers agrees to a two-year $85 million max extension. So this brother is about to get paid $42.5 million a year. Um, so well deserved. I'm a betting man, if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, but if I can put my last little $2 that I have, AD will sign a similar deal two years I'm not sure if this is a player option for the second year or a team option, um, but it's definitely two-year, $85 million extension to what already LeBron has. That's breaking news. So now we know for sure LeBron is trying to get them six rings, bro. He's trying oh, to get them time. six rings. It's probably so, a one-and-one. One. It's probably a one-and-one one deal like he did yeah. with, with Cleveland. So, yeah, so that, we just I just got that uh, alert as he was uh, speaking but to say, you know, to end this segment in regards to um, Clay's injury is unfortunate. He's a good guy. You know what I mean? One of the top shooters that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and, for you know, real. You know, for, for being team light-skinned, you know what I'm saying? It's just <sighs> hard to see something like this happen. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's, it's that time frame where it's just like you can't afford to have any injuries, especially now you're kind of exiting out of your prime from your 30s, your 31, 32, 33 any injuries like this really um, doesn't extend your career, actually shortens it. But he's, again, he's not super athletic, so he's a skilled player. So we'll see. It just is unfortunate that I was really looking forward to seeing Golden State compete with the Lakers this year and, and try yeah. to uh, take back the West. Um, but, man, we're about to conclude, bro. And at the end of the day, we're going to have to give our way too early 20 to 21 uh, predictions um, as we close out our episode today. So. My question to you, J.O., John O., <laughs> who will be coming out of the East and who will come out of the West? Yeah, um, great question. Here, here it is right here. 2021 NBA Finals, Lakers over Bucks in six games. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a little pizzazz to this. Are you ready? <laughs> All right. For, from the West is going to be the Clippers versus the Lakers. We're going to get that Western Conference Finals that we anticipated Lakers will win in seven and it will be, are you ready for this? Boston versus the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Championship and the Boston Celtics beats them in six games and then Boston loses to the Lakers in six. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I, I have to say, and it's all dependent on Kemba Walker and his knee injury because – Yeah, know, yeah, he's not going back to January. Yeah, so so I, I – the Miami Heat, I know y'all the Eastern Conference champions, um, but you didn't add any anything to that to that team. I think you over-exceeded 
overachieved this year. The Bucks, I'm hoping that they go to the Eastern Conference Final because I would really like to see Giannis, you know, stay in Milwaukee. But my prediction would change. If they can make one more offseason trade, one more season move, to put them over the top, I'm hoping maybe a Victor Oladipo or Bradley Beal or something crazy like that, then I'm definitely going Bucks. Uh, but the top three teams in the East, in my opinion, will be, no specific order, uh, the Bucks, the uh, Philly, Boston, and the Nets, third, fourth, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, just because it's KD, bro, at the end of the day. Yeah, you, true. You can't, you know, but in the West, it's Lakers and and, and uh, the Lakers and, and uh, the Clippers coming from the West and Lakers ultimately winning their um, – their back-to-back championships in our way too early 20 to 21 predictions. So there you have it, you guys. Just want to say thank you so much for listening and watching our show. Just a reminder that you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's also available on Anchor as well as Spotify. Go ahead and check it out. Bench Warmers Podcast with Jono and Lowe. Bench Warmers with the W-A-R-M-E-R-Z. All right, you guys. So check us out. Give us a like. Please, 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 please send us your questions, whatever questions uh, that you may have. We want to bring our guests to to these shows. And so, yeah, we're going to spice this show back up. You know what I'm saying? We just uh, took a little hiatus working on some projects, but we're back in it. And uh, we definitely want to hear your questions from the audience. And we want to best address them the best way possible. But you guys, hopefully you guys have a uh, blessed holidays. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you guys had a great Thanksgiving preparing yourself for these upcoming uh, Christmas holidays. John and I are from Florida, so we're enjoying this winter weather. It does feel like a winter wonderland out, in, right. out here in this place. Uh, but nonetheless, guys, we just want to say thank you so much for supporting, listening, and we will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace.